This is my mommy. This is my mommy. Welcome to the shack. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. And before we get started today, Nani, you had something you wanted to clarify for our audience, yes? Yes. Um, I forgot to say why I'm Nani. I'm actually the Nani of three grandsons. So I just wanted to clarify that's why I'm not mom. <laughs> because to me, you are mom. Right. But we're here because you are now the Nani to two of my children and one of your other son's child. Child, yes. That's yes. exciting. So what are we talking about today? Today we are going to be discussing pregnancy and postpartum wellness. And we both agree that this is a really important topic to cover um, because it kind of kicks off everybody's parenthood, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we all go through, and it's around us all the time. So can you kind of get us started with, from your perspective, what do you see um, from, in men and women to start yeah. that off? Yeah. So, like, we don't get any education much. I mean, we have to take driver's ed, but we don't get any education on... Uh, like parenting and stuff like that and like what's coming. Mm -hmm. I think there's some books out there people sometimes read, but nobody really gets into it. But um, it's a really big deal. And um, it actually was a big part of my journey is to becoming a psychologist. Uh, one in seven women will suffer from postpartum depression. And uh, actually one in 10 men wow. as well, which... Wow, mind-boggling. They're yeah. not pregnant, but they have postpartum depression. Yeah. Crazy. So, um, anyway, sometimes this can start prior to the birth of the baby in both in both the mom and the dad. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what we're here for, mom, is to help people re realize and recognize that there is help, that yeah. you don't have to suffer. Yeah. So some of the struggles that I faced when I was pregnant were, first of all, I never really felt like myself. Um, you hear from a lot of other women when you become pregnant, their stories of, oh, I love being pregnant. I miss being pregnant. And I had a hard time reconciling those incoming um conversations when I never really felt like myself. And I think that, of course, is due in part to the significant physical changes that a woman goes through in such a short amount of time, a relatively short amount of time um, in the grand scheme of things, with lots of hormonal changes too. Um, so I, I think you also have a lot of people coming at you with the do's and don'ts when you're pregnant. Um, so filtering through, well, what do I feel comfortable doing? I mean, I'm talking things such as if I wanted to eat a ham sandwich and <laughs> people are telling me I shouldn't or can't do that. And, you know, now I've come a long way in how I feel about those types of things. And I wish I had more confidence when I was pregnant to um, understand a lot more of it from the perspective of health and wellness, but also just being able to filter that as yes. people are saying those things to you. Yeah. And figuring out what's right for you and your genuine, authentic self. Yeah. You know? So some of the things that um, I think are important to do while you're pregnant that can kind of help the transition are exploring what self-care looks like for yourself so that you mm -hmm. can have that good foundation um, in kind of grounding yourself 
in the chaos of postpartum. So whatever that looks like to you, it might be reading, meditation, getting sunshine, taking a bath, um, getting that foundation going while you're pregnant and really figuring out what helps you be grounded yeah. so that after your baby is born, you you can go back to that when you're sort of feeling. Right. Start pitch. establishing those routines before the baby comes. But you know what I find in clinical practice is when you say self-care to somebody, they're like, oh, I just don't have the money to go get a massage or I don't, I can't, I can't afford to go get my nails done or, and it's like, no, 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 no. Yes. That might be part of your self-care routine. Routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, structure, but gosh, self-care is so much more like what you said, getting sunshine, um, you know, making sure that you're reading, meditating and those types of things, but also like just being true to your routine, like creating a routine for yourself, making sure you get enough sleep on a regular basis, make sure you take your vitamins, medicines on the regular basis, eating on a regular basis, you know, just basic Tending to sleep hygiene, regular hygiene, brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, making sure that you are feeling, doing things that make you feel good about you. Yes, I agree. And I am trying to come up with a better term for self-care that I can use in my regular language because I think that is important. Self-care sometimes carries a negative connotation. And like you said, it does not have to involve money. And really, it shouldn't, you Mm -hmm. know. Manicures and pedicures are great. Massages, I think, are absolutely a fantastic way to incorporate into your self-care routine. But it is more about creating the routine for yourself with the good things that you can do that Mm -hmm. don't cost any money. Right, right. And bringing your spouse, if you have one or significant other, into that routine as well is important. absolutely. Right. Right. So um, I think that... It's difficult for me to talk about the conversation of um, when somebody is pregnant, how can you effectively help someone else understand what you've now gone through? Because for me, I felt really blindsided by um, pregnancy and childbirth. Uh, My recovery was pretty significant, and I was in a lot of pain. And I found myself just wishing that someone had warned me Mm -hmm. about all of that. Um, and I know everybody's experiences are different. So, um, every single person's journey through pregnancy and childbirth is different. Some people may not experience as much difficulty recovering. Everybody's body is different, but, um, what are some ways that we can sort of break that cycle of only talking about the horror stories? Yeah. Well, only talking about the fun stuff, but then not scaring people with any horror stories. That's true. Like, And, you know, I had four babies and I had four different experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, one came really fast. And so there was, what do they call that? The episiotomy Mm -hmm. where they help things along. Well, that, that was a jagged mess, Mm -hmm. you know, and then another one broke my tailbone and that was a while of recovery yeah and really discomfort we won't call out which son no was. but we all <laughs> but we know anyway um we love him mm-hmm. 
and it wasn't his fault. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. But, but right, these are experiences. Each of them are unique. But how do we sit down? And I don't know that I know the answer to that. I think this is maybe a question for everybody to what do you bring to the table? And like, how can we open this conversation up to where it's not a horror story, so to speak. It's more of, hey, you know, this happened with me. It won't necessarily happen with you. But if I'm here, if you need to talk or your story, you need to talk about your story. Um, I'm here and I'll listen and, you know, I'm not going to be judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I started incorporating um, after I had my first and felt a little traumatized by it all <laughs> and is mm. is a very simple um, when I come across anybody who is pregnant for the first time or even the second time. I generally reach out via social media um, in a personal way and just say, hey, I just wanted to let you know the transition to motherhood was really difficult for me. Um, And I want you to know, I know you are a strong, independent woman who is surrounded by a lot of support, but I'm here if you ever want to talk about um, what may or may not happen down the road. And no one's ever taken me up on it, mm-hmm. but someone did that for me um, prior to me having my first kid, and I don't think I realized the importance of that until I went through it and realized, oh, oh this is how women stay connected to each other is right. by reaching out in a way that is non-obtrusive, mm-hmm. uh, but lets other women know that we're kind of all in this together. Yeah, but don't you know, th- I mean, th- I think there's a trap for me, at least, after the baby came along and they made me take it home with me <laughs> and you know, so there's, there's like so many different things happening. Like you've got the baby who requires all these needs and, and some of us are not that experienced in that. And then you've got your spouse or your significant other or your, or your uh, larger family your you know, people, mother-in-laws wanting to be there, mothers wanting to be there, sister-in-laws, sisters, And, um, and then if you've got other children, you've got that going on and their needs being met. And then you've got all of this physical change going on in your own body, which is what we're focusing on today. And, you know, the hormones and the, that sort of thing. And I need to feel like I'm succeeding and I can't fail at this. Mm -hmm. So let me just keep running around all these plates and keeping them spinning and keeping them spinning and then in the process, you're spinning out of control. Right. And that's the postpartum depression. Or, you know, it can even manifest in other ways. But, yeah, did you... So did you have some of that, like, like I can't tell anybody about this because I might be the only one going through this? Or yeah, I, I did. I don't know. Yeah. And I think... Well, I think, obviously, when you think back to your um, childbirth experience, you're you're going to try to remember the beauty of it. Right. You know, so I think it's natural for everybody to down the road, remember the best parts of all Mm -hmm. of it, you know? So I think there are probably some women who are saying, I loved being pregnant, maybe not in the moment, but looking back on it, like it is a sweet time. Mm -hmm. So I think you get a prize at the end of it. It's like a a really cool prize. A lifelong prize. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think, um, on top of that, because no one else had told me a similar story to what happened to me, mm-hmm. I I did feel a little bit hesitant to share what happened to me because I didn't 
know anybody else. I didn't know that other women experienced any other type of trauma, even if it wasn't the same as mine. Um, But I had very little experience with pregnant women before I became pregnant myself. So there wasn't a lot of... Didn't even share her story with you. (laughs) Well, you know, I knew some of it. But again, and also every pregnancy, like you said, can go differently or not as you expected it. I mean, I was in labor with my first for 26 hours. Right. And so everything is different. And then the second one, we... Barely. Almost had him in the car. Yeah, he was literally almost a car baby. So every experience is different. But so that kind of, I think, also um, kind of tailors how people talk about their experiences. Yeah. Just quick question. I, I don't know the answer to this. Was your recovery, physical recovery, different after your first versus your second? Mm-hmm. Like one, one you were in labor a lot longer and the other one you weren't. Mm-hmm. Like... What what do you think? Yes, yeah, so I think that, um, well, the physical recovery of the immediate childbirth with the second was easier. I wasn't in labor as long. Right. Um, so my body wasn't taxed mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. However, um, I was unwell for the better part of a year after my second was born, I think, because of... The back-to-back well, <laughs> pregnancies, that's part of it. and yeah. yeah, so I think you know, as far as the actual child childbirth, the second recovery went physical a little bit ba- recovery, mm-hmm. but the emotional, mental recovery yes. was a lot more involved. Yes, and I also think that I tended to set myself up for not failure, but because I knew how my first experience went, I thought. You knew that how I it knew was how go. it was. I thought I knew how it was going to yeah. go, or that because I wasn't in labor as long, that it would be easier. Right. And so I came home with this wonderful, happy-go-lucky. Oh, that that was so much easier. Mm. And then, bam! You're still hit with all of the same emotions, all of the same Body hormones, changes. the changes yeah. that all go along with that. That then kind of come flooding in. But so. then you had a one-year-old as well to take care of. Mm-hmm. In addition little, to nine, 19 months. 19 old. months. Yeah. yeah, but still. So, yeah, yeah, so all the experiences are different, and I think that's why it makes it so difficult to predict predict and relay to other yeah. women what might happen because there's a thousand and one different ways that yeah. it can go. And, and so I think it's about balancing, um, making sure that you're staying connected to other women and offering support without – Scaring them with your them. Yeah, yeah, scaring them or overwhelming yeah, scaring them, them yeah. with yeah. your one specific story. story. Right, right. Um and and showing them how we can be there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so yeah. I, I think that, you know, when we come home with a baby, um, there's a lot going on like we've just talked about. Yeah. So can you kind of walk us through recognizing some of those signs of postpartum? disorders, whether that be recognizing it in yourself or in your spouse or your friend or someone else and what we can do about it. Noting, before we get started, I do want to note that the vast majority, the vast um, like contrast in the number of doctor's appointments that you get while you're pregnant versus the one checkup that mothers get after they have a baby. Isn't that, doesn't that just boggle your mind it boggles my mind I mean there should be more than one one mm-hmm. and it's a very brief one I'm sure and for isn't most it women. like what six weeks out six week checkup yeah one checkup and you've already I don't know about 
when you recognized your postpartum depression after your second baby, but mine was within like three weeks. So nobody would have caught that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going into any doctor at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, and then on the contrast, I feel like my symptoms manifested throughout the entire first year. So on the contrast, going in at six weeks for me, I may have still been kind of happy-go-lucky and not really kind of Mm -hmm. caught up to or not realized some of those things. And maybe it's because you're not look either you're not looking out for them or you don't want to admit to them. Now, when you go to your pediatrician visits for your baby, they do have you fill out a questionnaire about um, Mm -hmm. postpartum depression, but it doesn't feel very... um, genuine mm. you know and maybe Nobody that's really, just me did anybody like physically go over and say oh hey you you checked off these boxes you know do we need to talk about maybe sending you to somebody or to talk to somebody about no no and it's not even reviewed even if you don't write anything down because I think that as that a new mom important as a yep. new mom um you know maybe it's it's kind of jaded maybe yeah. you're not you know you're getting you know what that paper is for you don't want to admit that you might yeah. have some of those issues well i think you just brought something up really important that maybe at maybe at our postpartum checkup with our gynecologist or maybe at the pediatrician Uh, all new moms are required to visit with a social worker or somebody who can kind of touch base with you emotionally, not just how's this baby doing. Yes. I think that would be great. So what are some of the um, signs to look for um, that, so that we can help those of us around us and ourselves that might still be pregnant or about to have a baby. Yeah. Or friends Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So I was shocked. So I went to the American Psychological Association org apa.org to kind of get some information i thought well they'll maybe they'll have just a nice they have they have 57 topics on their page of just different things and um not one on postpartum depression which blew my mind wow i mean like i just sat there and couldn't believe that there's not one specific thing so um that that's concerning to me. Yes. Um, and maybe I can assert some change in there. I was very surprised by that, but the postpartum can manifest as, um, depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, uh, bipolar and psychosis. So those are all regular, normal disorders that we have, but they can show up postpartum. And some of these symptoms include, but this is not an exhaustive list, Mm -hmm. but, you know, feeling sad and depressed, angry and irritable. So angry about with everybody around you. Um, If you have any difficulty bonding with your baby, you feel anxious or panicky. You might even have panic attacks that you had not had prior to um, birth. Uh, Difficulties, problems with eating, problems with sleeping upsetting thoughts that you can't get out of your mind, um, feeling that you're out of control or going crazy, feeling like you never should become a mother, that you've made a horrible mistake, 
or, you know, some people even have thoughts of um, hurting themselves and hurting or hurting their babies. So those are some things to look out for. And that's in both the moms and the dads, you know, the, apparently one in 10 men suffer from this one in seven women. Wow. Yeah. I mean, these are some heavy symptoms and I think that might also be what makes it so difficult to admit um, when there might be a problem because it's, it's scary to say out loud that you feel like you might want to harm yourself or your baby. But I think if we were more educated on the fact that this is, I mean, your, your body has gone through so many changes. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with you aside from the fact that your body was just on a roller coaster for nine months plus the changes postpartum. I mean, and I think that if we were all a little bit more compassionate to that thought, it would be easier to recognize these signs and understand that it's okay. Right. Um, And that there's help. Yeah. That this isn't a hopeless situation, that you're not going to be pigeonholed into this, Uh oh, she's the depressed mom or, oh, she's, you know, crazy, you know, that there is help. There's hope to climb out of that hole. Yes. If we can kind of rebuild the system and the, yeah, and the stop processes the stigma around and it. And the judgment. Yes. And, you know, I think I think just people in general have a tendency to get pretty judgmental, you know, because if I can pull you down, then I feel better. Right. You know? And if we can get away from that mentality and say, what can I do to lift you up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was very fortunate, I think, to have a spouse that was extremely supportive. I don't think that I would have gotten through the first, um, what, two years of being a mom, uh, without the support that I had. But I do wish that I was more open to seeing, um, to getting professional help earlier on, because I think that I might've been able to, to overcome some of my issues a little bit more quickly. Um, that, like I said, after my second was born, I was unwell for the better part of a year. Um, I did have some lingering physical concerns for which I saw a pelvic floor physical therapist. I don't even know what that is. It is somebody that helps your pelvic floor recover from that which is so childbirth. Is that Kegel <laughs> exercises or is it much more involved? It's than much that? more involved. See, I need to get educated on that. Mm-hmm. And for, I mean, I. I think that there are parts of the world where that is absolutely just a standard part of postpartum care Hmm. um, for women to visit with at least once a pelvic floor physical therapist. I was so lucky to find the one that I did because she was truly instrumental in my ability to recover. Yeah. Um, Because for me, I kind of, because of the anxiety that I had, which for me presented as lack of appetite mostly along with some OCD tendencies. Yeah. I kind of approached um my wellness from an, a nutritional overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um and so working with those two things together because there's so a So you were seeing the pelvic floor person and a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was good. Kind of co-currently mm-hmm. and um I mean of course it was it it all kind of comes together um but I I noticed significantly when I started making improvements in my nutrition that my anxious tendencies and my OCD naturally just went down. Um, so I did not, um, have to 
start any medications and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that there's right. nothing that, right. that that's not an option, but changing the way that I ate and took care of myself had a huge impact, a huge on, how impact you felt. on how I yeah. felt. Um, and I think that it's just important to know that resources are out there yeah. um, and to, to utilize them because right. I mean, a pelvic floor physical therapist, I didn't know what that was when I had my first. Yeah. Um, I, 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 until you told me about it, I'd never even heard of it. I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And, and I've been in the dark. And I right. Go, yeah. And it's so important, I think, to know that resources like that exist yeah. um, and I wanna, to use them. Uh, before I forget, because I'm old, um, I want to accentuate the fact that you said how long before you fully recovered? It was like a year? Well, well it was actually a year, almost a year to the date when I started my big picture recovery. Oh, wow. So I was unwell for a year. For almost a year. It and was, then it took you another almost a year before you felt better? It's been about six months. Okay. It took about six months before I started to see real significant changes. So that had to be a little bit frustrating. It was, but I think that it. I knew that it's what I needed to do. Okay. Um. I also knew that I was open to trying just about anything. <laughs> yeah, stand on your hands I, for I two went, hours and, a day. Yes, something. and you know, yeah. in, amidst going to um, the pelvic floor therapist, I was also going to quite a few other doctors uh-huh. um, to oh, try. Oh, that's right. You had a full physical, and I think that's really important, too, to make mm-hmm. sure there's nothing really significantly out of whack. Yep, and, it, I, and I think it's important that, uh, well, people, but women specifically postpartum stand up for themselves. Yes. Um, and advocate. Advocate for, for themselves because I was in a position where I show up at a doctor and they do a once over and they say, you're fine. You're totally fine. Yep. And get out of my office. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. Yes. Oh, you feel bad. Oh, I, well, nothing shows up that you, there's anything. Right. Wrong. So I, it was, I mean, it was long. There were days where I just cry. I would leave the doctor and I would just sit in my car and cry because I felt mm. like I was doing everything I needed to and I still wasn't getting, getting the help you needed. Yes. I think that's a really important uh, thing to drive home that the doctors may be telling you, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But if you don't feel fine, then you're not fine. You're not fine until you feel better. Yes. And you need to find a team of experts that support yeah. you. Um, and that is where both my pelvic floor therapist and my nutritionist came in yeah. significantly is that they supported me. They are also moms right. who have been through a similar, been through similar yeah. situations. Um, so they were able to be more helpful in that regard. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that um, it's so important to advocate for yourself and to accept help when help is offered Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, which is hard, yeah. very hard to do. Yeah, because we're always so busy. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I got it. I yes. got it. I yeah. can handle. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important. And, you know, I I mean, going to, I think, I don't even remember how many doctor's appointment I went to in a short, like, the first month of the year. I don't probably want to calculate it because yeah. it was so many. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of those doctors, and that's the unfortunate part of this, and I don't know where we can affect change. That's maybe a whole nother podcast or maybe not even this podcast. A lot of this stuff isn't covered by insurance, and that's unfortunate. But, again, we have to support ourselves, support each other, and... Um, 
Remember to be kind. Yes. And lots of grace. Lots of grace. Self-compassion. Self-compassion. And compassion. Yes. I think so. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everybody. So follow us on Instagram at Nani and Mom Podcast. That's N-O-N-N-I-E and Mom Podcast. See you guys soon.